0: Welcome to Day 9 of 30 Days of Terror. How you do? I just caught your eye and had to fight from bursting out laughing and I don't know why you didn't even do anything. No. I just made eye contact with you while I was speaking. And I mean I'm
1: funny to look at. It is the truth.
0: You're also, I just can sense all those really funny mm. jokes in your brain.
1: Have you noticed that since we recorded the last episode about mirrors, that mirror has changed direction and is now looking directly at me?
0: I mean I don't think the mirror is looking directly at you, but it does change direction quite regularly. It's, i've never r- seen for, it look at me like that. for context <laughs> it's a mirror that's hanging it's a hanging mirror that dan does not like
1: and it's looking at
0: me and it's staring right at you next thing there'll be mm. footsteps don't even joke about that Do no even i'm sorry joke. so i've got three stories for you today and story number one comes from martine now brace yourself mm. just brace to get your tissues ready I wanted to write while listening to your latest episode, because I too had a non-scary post-pet death experience. My dog Oz, a schnauzer, died after being sick for a few years, and maybe six months after he passed, I would feel him jump up on the bed beside me at night time. Not every night, mind you, maybe a handful of times. It never disturbed me or my other dog who also slept on the bed. Was I dreaming? Was it just a form of muscle memory? I don't know. But there were a few occasions where the experience was so familiar and normal that I reached a hand out to pet him. The tangible sense of weight landing on the bed as he always did, in a way that was uniquely his, certainly felt real. I didn't and don't feel a need to process or make absolute sense of the experience because it was what it was and I'm perfectly fine with it just being a dream or maybe being an echo of him coming to rest with his pack one last time without sickness or pain. It was a reassurance either way which was perfectly in keeping with the nature of the loyal friend and companion that I knew in life. Oh,
1: was really sad. <laughs> And there's like dog, the dog didn't react because the other dog didn't react because it's his pal.
0: I just can't. I can't. I Oh, Martine, that, is, that was so beautifully written and I can't with pet stories, even though it's lovely. And like, do you know what? I, I'm in the same boat as you. Just accept it. Just yeah, for what dead, it is. You don't dead, need to right. try and rationalize it. You don't need to try and think, oh, is that, was that this, that or the other? No, just... Embrace it. it. it That's
1: how you've interpreted it. That's
0: And I mean there have been countless stories on the Facebook group about people who have lost pets and feeling them come back after they've lost them. I am one hundred percent on board with animals having souls and coming back to their owners one hundred percent. Except Bim will probably come back as a zombie and start the zombie apocalypse because she's just (laughs) that kind of bitch. So our second story today comes from George. I live in Michigan. The state is haunted already by a bunch of weirdos. But we aren't here for the living. (laughs) I've always believed in the paranormal, the supernatural, or whatever you want to call it. And after I listen to an episode, I take time to reflect about it. And embarrassingly so, I talk to myself about it. I'm going to pause there for a second. I talk to myself all the time. Me too. When I'm in a car journey on my own, I have full-blown conversations with myself. And I'm here for it. Yep. I've I always, love
1: it. I've always spoken to myself.
0: Arguments have been lost and won in my car.
1: Best conversations that I ever have with myself.
0: I often hear you talking to yourself as well. <laughs> when, you, when you're downstairs yep. and I'm upstairs. Dan is always talking to himself. But anyway, I digress. I ask questions and try to work out an answer. But I think talking out loud was a mistake. Because as you said before, I think I talked my own haunting spirit into existence. I say this because I've lived here for three years and I haven't had anything unusual ever happen here. A few days ago, I listened to an episode on my way home. It's about an hour drive and it was one of your shorter episodes. And as I said, I was reflecting about it for the rest of the journey home. Now, I'm a second shifter, so I get home right around midnight. We don't have enough garage space for my vehicle, so I have to park in the turnaround of our driveway. I get home, it's the end of my reflection, and I walk up to the house. As I get to the door of my garage, through the door window, almost as if hiding behind and peeking over the bottom of the window, a snow-white little boy's face was staring right at me, literally two feet away from me on the other side of the door. I jumped a little, I won't lie. But I have always had a theory about how to deal with spirits. And that, in my opinion, is to treat them as you would a friend or another human. I simply said, I need to get in, please move. And opened the door. I've no idea how. But I didn't see this little boy disappear. Like I was forcibly not able to pay attention to it after asking it to move. So I go inside and go to sleep and nothing else happens from that night four nights later I was having back pains the whole day my neck had been sore like I would slept wrong and no matter what I did no amount of ice cured it the day was normal I had spent some time with my neighbour and the whole time at his house the pain was gone at around 8.45pm I came home And as soon as I walked in the door, the pain started again. I still had to do the dishes for the night. So I go to the sink, put my music in and start. And that's when I see him. I was in the middle of putting dishes away when I caught my reflection in my peripheral vision. And hanging on my back was the boy. His hands on my neck and knees sort of in my lower back. And he had the biggest grin. Like he was having fun getting an all-day piggyback ride. And the grin was not sinister, but just a child having fun. I kindly asked him to get off now. I've had enough. I look. And he was gone. And the pain stopped. But that night I couldn't sleep. Because my uncle, who I live with, was up all night cursing and complaining. But I didn't listen to what about just thought he was being his old self watching some show on TV so now it's today it's November 23rd I was sitting in the living room watching Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix for the 200th time (laughs) when I hear my uncle in his room say what the hell man I thought nothing of it a few minutes later he rushes into the living room looking at the ceiling and he just whispers come here fast I follow him to his room and what sounds like a child's footsteps are walking around above his room. Whatever it is would walk a few steps, stop and then scratch, like on the ceiling. My uncle said, I told you man, I've been hearing things up here the last couple of days. We don't have an attic but the area between the ceiling and the roof is still open. So if anyone wanted, you could still go up there Well, guess what I did? Having a good idea that it was this boy, I took a trip up to the crawl space, which might I add can only be accessed from the same garage he was in the other night. Shining my flashlight around, I found him. Not in the light, but I saw him in a corner after I'd only just checked it, and I told him that he needed to be respectful at night. We need sleep, but it's okay to play during the day. But to watch out for my uncle's room, I heard a tiny whisper. I don't know what it said, but it sounded thankful. I came down, started watching The Walking Dead, and haven't heard anything since. My uncle is asleep finally, and I think we're going to be fine. I hope. So maybe not exactly Toshio, but really damn close. I hope you can take my story and maybe debunk it, if possible. But I've no idea. Now, I have something for you about the whistler, the one with the video of the whistler on the river. Thank you. The whistle sounds exactly like Negan's whistle in The Walking Dead. So either the whistler is fake, or he's a saviour. Or maybe that type of whistle just sounds, I guess, threatening. So maybe the show used it, and it isn't actually fake. Last night on November the 25th, I returned to work. Had a pretty normal day. Clocked out, and on my way home, on the interstate, halfway home, the boy was walking down the highway towards where I'm coming from. He stopped and stared at me like he was coming to my work to find me, noticed I was driving, and just watched me pass. I looked in my mirror. And it appeared like he was crying. Like I just left him or something. I get home and it just feels like I lost someone close to me. I became completely overwhelmed with sadness and even cried for a little bit. And I went to sleep. And no, I have not lost anyone. I feel like I had this feeling about the boy. And while I was thinking about it, getting ready for work, directly below me in my room... Something hit the floor from the basement. I went down there... And upon my descent into the basement... I caught something... Completely black... Disappearing into the other room in the basement. Now I've seen enough ghost adventures... And listened to you guys enough to know... Not to fuck with the black spirit. I said out loud... Fuck you... And went back upstairs. I came to work... And on my break I decided... I should probably tell you now, instead of wait for more things to happen, in case this demon or whatever is trying to kill me. So if you see George Bernard on the Millington, Michigan obituary, just know it was definitely this demon. But on a serious note, I will do some investigation. But I have to be careful. I want to get rid of this thing, both the demon and the little boy if he comes back.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, absolutely no, not. No, no, no. No, no child ghost. That story no. gave me
0: proper goosebumps. I was doing that thing where I flail my the arms rivers. when I'm getting freaked yeah, out telling no, the story.
1: No, not having that. I I, sometimes... I'm a little bit torn about this story because I don't know whether... I, I admire the the control that he seems to have over the little boy just by being frank and nice with it. yeah. However, the inner scaredy cat of me is saying, do not acknowledge this thing. It's trickery.
0: It's the, <sighs> the bit that slayed me was when he caught his reflection and the little boy was hanging on his back.
1: That was a boy in the highway for me. <sighs> Walking down the highway. I am. Um,
0: I wish, sometimes wish people could see us when we do these episodes because I, I start I to, don't. <laughs> I start to flail. Like, you know, those, yeah. um, those little inflatable things outside car dealerships yeah, in America.
1: The Bailey used to have on entrance
0: yeah i i sort of flail like one of those when i start to get freaked out and dan is obviously topless always <laughs> just just to let everyone know um i'm sorry i don't know if you are a george because y- your name starts with a j but i'm i'm going for george j j-o-r-g-e so george i'm not even going to try and rationalize this i'm just noping the fuck out because this is very toshio territory That's if little- you're wondering about toshio toshio is the little boy in the grudge that's all I could see yeah. like, the whole way through this story, and absolutely not.
1: I think I felt it—that it, sort of it's that impending, like around every corner of Dear David. that had like Oof. elements of that to it as well.
0: Oof. That did give me the hijinis and the crawl space say. as
1: well. What what crawl space spaces? Well, I know, I know what crawl spaces are for. I get it; it's structural. You need it, but oh.
0: Um And just for anybody who doesn't watch The Walking Dead, Negan is a reference to The Walking Dead. He's a mm. character in The Walking Dead. Just so you know. I also have realized that a lot of our stories have that two-note whistle. That lots of people in that story mm. have heard a two-note whistle, like the whistler story that traumatized me so. That, but Bleh. 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 Today's stories are making my skin crawl. <sighs> well, the first one didn't. No, the first one was the dog one. <laughs> okay, yeah. I'm talking about the fact that we also just recorded episode eight and yes. that made my skin crawl too. Um, I've got one more story for you.
1: I don't know if I can handle it, but go for
0: it. Story number three comes from Deborah. After listening to the stories other listeners have sent in, I started thinking about the odd things that happened in the house I grew up in. They were so few and far between, it was easy to forget about them, even during my childhood. I hadn't actually thought about the incidents in details for years. But recently they came up, because my partner and I were talking about ghosts. Unlike the movies, I didn't feel any narrative related to the incidents. They didn't happen slowly at first, and then get more and more terrifying before it ended in a dramatic climax. I didn't get to know the entities. I didn't know if they were someone's husband, child, or whatever. There were just odd, unexplained incidents that happened. The incidents were each their own separate thing and they didn't seem to be related. I grew up on a farm in New Zealand, literally in the middle of nowhere. I don't know what the first incident was, but when I've told the stories previously, I've always started with the night my older sister and I heard a noise. We were around 9 to 11 years old at the time. My parents had just tucked us into bed and turned out the light. I remember lying in bed across the room from my sister and being really annoyed because she was making lots of noise and I couldn't get to sleep. I told her to shut up and then she told me to shut up. She, however, did not shut up so I told her again to be quiet but she replied that it was me that was making all the noise. We argued for a bit but then we seemed to realise that maybe we were both telling the truth. I said, on the count of three, we will both be really quiet and we won't even move or breathe. We counted down and we both went silent. Not a peep was coming from me or my sister. Then the noise started up. It sounded like an old man's raspy, laboured breathing. And it was coming from under my sister's bed. We both freaked the hell out and ran out of the room screaming. We shouted to our mum and dad that there was someone in our room and they both came up to investigate. They looked in the wardrobe and under both of our beds and of course there was nobody there. My mum said it was probably just a possum. Where I live now I often hear possums from my bedroom and while they do make creepy as sounds it is slightly different to what we heard. Plus, that doesn't really explain why it seemed to be coming from inside our room, under my sister's bed. I don't like saying that it was a ghost. Because if ghosts are real, then they don't need to breathe, because they're dead. But I can't specifically remember in detail another time when I heard the noise. My sister claims to have heard it a few more times. A little while later, she got her own room. And I had that room all to myself. But I must have heard it a couple of times. Because I remember being really afraid at nighttime A lot in my early tween years. Throughout my tween teenager years when I had the room to myself. I used to have to go to sleep with the TV on because I was so scared. Another odd thing that happened when I was a kid. And I don't remember if this was before or after the noise incident. I do remember it was in the late afternoon on a summer's day. For some reason, I was laying on my sister's bed, with my face down at the foot of the bed. I looked up, and there was a little boy in the doorway opposite me. I remember exactly what he looked like. He was around five years old, with light brown hair, big round brown eyes, and a brown woolen jumper and brown pants. I wasn't afraid when I saw him. I was just mildly curious. I blinked and then he was gone. And I never saw him again. I must have been a skeptic even as a kid because I assumed it was my eyes adjusting to the light after having them closed. I never really thought about the boy for the next couple of years and it wasn't until I was in my late teens or early twenties that I even thought to tell anyone. My sister once saw an ornament fall off a bookcase in our room for no apparent reason. Another time, my mum was changing the sheets on my bed, and she got a fright after seeing two ghostly handprints right above my pillow. She showed me the handprints after I got home from school, and she got me to put my hands on them to see if they lined up. They didn't. The handprints were slightly longer and slimmer than my hands, and the fingertips were also slightly pointed. They were quite freaky looking because of how ghostly white they were. My mum tried to wash them off the wall, but they just wouldn't come off. It was only when I was 16 and we repainted the room that they disappeared. While most of the odd things did seem to happen in my room, I can remember two occurrences where they happened elsewhere. The first one happened to my mum, but I was home at the time so I remember seeing her being a bit freaked out. She went outside one night to get some more firewood from the shed at the back of our property. We had no lights out there, so it was completely dark apart from maybe a torch and the moonlight coming through the door of the woodshed. My mum was loading up the wheelbarrow when she felt someone behind her grab her on the shoulder. No one was there. And she came running back into the house. She asked if it was one of us kids playing a practical joke on her. But it wasn't any of us. We wouldn't have been bothered to go out the back of the property in the dark on a cold winter's night just to scare my mum. And if we did, we would have found it too funny to keep it a secret. The second occurrence that happened outside of my room is also the last one to date. I finished high school and moved out of home and on with my life. However one night when I was around 20 or 21 we were having a family dinner back at home. My brothers, sister and their partners were there as well. Something to note about the house is that the kitchen and dining room are in an open plan room with just an island separating them. My siblings and I were sitting around the table chatting while my mum was cutting some veggies in the kitchen on the island. She stopped cutting, put the knife down and walked to the stove I remember seeing the knife fling itself off the bench and across the dining room and land at my brother's then girlfriend's feet naturally we all laughed and said the ghost wanted to hurt her later that night my mum walked into the kitchen to put something in the bin when the lid of the bin rose up and hurled itself at her head as she was walking away The really weird thing about that night is that I don't remember any of us being scared. Or even being that interested in what happened. I've talked about it with my mum and sister in the years since. But it has never been something we classed as scary. It was just an odd thing that happened. This could have potentially been because there was a big group of us all having a good time together. If it had happened to one of us when we were alone then we probably would have reacted differently. The last incident was about seven years ago. I haven't heard of anything else happening since. Though only my parents live there now and they can be quite blasé about it all. My mum had a heart attack about a month ago while on holiday in Australia and she tells the story of it happening like she is a comedian doing a stand-up show. That just goes to show how seriously she takes things so things could be happening. And she just doesn't feel the need to share it a few other things happened in my room like i thought someone stroked my face one night and a few other things like that but it's hard to know what's real the above incidents happened when i wasn't already feeling anxious or scared so i feel like they're more noteworthy and legitimate after stuff started happening i began to feel quite afraid in my room so my overactive imagination probably imagined some of the other things. After hearing you guys talk about epilepsy in a few episodes, I thought I should add that I have temporal lobe epilepsy. I was only diagnosed when I was 19, but I know I had it during my childhood. I hardly ever have seizures now, but when I do, it's mostly blank seizures. As a child, I used to have aura seizures frequently, But during my adult life, I've only had one or two. An aura seizure can signal that a bigger seizure is coming. But generally for me, I would just have an aura seizure and that's it. When I have an aura seizure, my mind becomes disconnected from my body. Sort of like an outer body experience. And sometimes I smell things that don't exist. You could argue that some of the stuff I experienced as a child could have just been me having a seizure. Who knows? But it's probably more likely that I had a seizure than actually seeing a ghost boy in my room.
1: I mean, that might be the case with the seizures, but it doesn't explain the knives getting thrown across the room.
0: <laughs> no, a seizure does not explain that bad boy. <laughs> no, and, and you it don't also, get shared
1: experience in seizures either, do you? No,
0: you don't. it also doesn't explain the growling no. under the bed, no. the rasping, breathing, I no. mean. Oh, that, that gave me the shivers. Yeah. No, thank you.
1: No, sounds haunting to me. The place sounds haunted. Sounds- I love how blasé they are about it though.
0: Oh yeah, they're just they're just like, oh fuck it.
1: Oh, they guys to try to kill you. It literally launched a knife across the kitchen at you.
0: And they're like, Lord,
1: you're in danger. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I wish everybody could have seen that little movement that you just did. It was great. Oh, was it? Yeah, it was, it was great. Yeah, okay. But I I think it's really interesting that we've like in yesterday's episode we talked about auras as well mm. and seizures. And um and they are genuine like auras are really frightening. I yeah. don't have seizures, but I do have migraines. You get auras with migraines too and, and they are really frightening. First time I had one I literally thought I was having a stroke.
1: I thought I was going blind. Yeah. Because I, I have my auras, I lose sight. So I get like, Me tunnel, too. I get like tunnel vision Yeah. And I just thought I was going blind. I was like, Oh no, what have I done? And then
0: Yeah, it's really it's really scary. So and and auras obviously present themselves differently and are generally more severe for people who have seizures. So for mm. some people their aura might be hearing voices or it might be smelling things or it might be seeing things so they can be really frightening for people mm. but it doesn't sound a knife throwing itself across the room does not sound like an aura to me no
1: no and i, li- I like the fact you tried to debunk your own story and it might explain some of it like the individual experiences but there's two at least two experiences that you told us about there that were shared with other people yeah so um
0: so unless you have the most powerful aura in yeah. the world
1: imagine though imagine if that was actually the case
0: that would be pretty amazing hmm. but also terrifying so, if you enjoyed today's episode, you can find me on Instagram at Real Life Ghost Stories. You can find Dan on Instagram
1: at Fifty P Movie Club.
0: You can find us on Twitter
1: at Real Ghost Pod.
0: You can find us on Facebook, Real Life Ghost Stories Podcast. Give us a like and join the supergroup, which is R L G S supergroup, and the password is Emma
1: and Dan. Does
0: anybody actually listen to this point? I don't I'm, know I'm kind they of they hoping do. they
1: are because uh, there's been a couple recently where we've just lost the tr- lost the plot. Like there was that one where you just like, if you want to find
0: me. Yeah. What if I'm me on Twitter and me on Facebook because it's the Emma Show. It's all about me. Yeah, I don't know if people still listen to this point, but we'll keep going. Yeah. Um if you want to send in your own story, you can send it to real life stories podcast at gmail.com. Sorry, I st- stole your line. And you can support us on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash real life ghost stories, where for five dollars a month or two dollars a month, you get access to loads of extra content. Don't forget that if you donate to the GoFundMe of Out of the Wood Woods Wildlife. In the month of August, you have the chance to win some real-life ghost stories merchandise. Doesn't matter if your donation is one dollar or a million dollars; you still have the chance to win.
1: And if you have a million dollars to spare and you'd like to donate it to the Woods, I'm sure they will gratefully accept it.
0: All those raccoons will be so happy.
1: Amazing! They will be blinged up. Imagine if she yes. gets more bling. <laughs>
0: um,
1: what do they have to do to enter this competition? Just take a screenshot.
0: So you can, when somebody enters into a GoFundMe you can see their name so you can see all the people that have entered that's how don't worry you're not just going to be like oh no i now have entered and nobody's seen my name so just make sure that you do put your name because if you put it down as anonymous i'm not going to know who you are and on that note we shall see you tomorrow bye